Welcome to the sermon podcast for Grace Episcopal Church in Newton Corner, Massachusetts for Sunday, February 13th, 2022. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector. The sermon for today is based on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. Thanks for listening. Recently, I was on retreat for a few days at Holy Cross Monastery in upstate New York. I was chatting with another guest, and when she heard that I was a priest, she asked me, do you talk about social justice in your sermons? (laughs) Yes, I do, I told her, because I have to preach from the Bible. God's love for each of us requires our tangible acts of love for one another. On a large scale, this is called social justice. Justice is what love looks like in public, as Cornell West said. This morning, I'd like to hand over much of the sermon to St. Timothy's Episcopal Church in the small city of Brookings, Oregon, and let those good people preach to us mostly by their example. St. Timothy's was recently featured on NPR and on other news outlets. Uh, The story is that this parish and the Diocese of Oregon are suing the the city of Brookings, which recently passed a town ordinance that would limit the church ministry of feeding the homeless and the hungry to two times per week. The church and the diocese are arguing that this city ordinance violates St. Timothy's right to free religious expression, as serving the needy is a core tenet of the Christian faith. And I'm going to quote sort of a long quote from the Episcopal News Service article on this because it's a, it's a good summary of the situation. The lawsuit lays out the context for St. Timothy's violation of the ordinance, explaining that Rather than create or expand social services for Brookings residents in need, the city took steps to remove their last safety net, beginning a campaign to force St. Timothy's to significantly reduce the services that it's offered on its premises for decades. When plaintiffs did not accept the city's suggestions that they stop engaging in Christian acts of service for the Brookings community, the city decided to rewrite the laws in an effort to force them to do so. The lawsuit argues that the city ordinance violates the First and the Fourteenth Amendments of the Constitution, which protect the free exercise of religion and due process. And they cite uh, quite a number of scriptures, including um, I was hungry and you fed me, the book of Isaiah, also our baptismal covenant to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. Uh, Brookings does not... uh, provide any services for the homeless community or have a shelter. St. Timothy's has providing a variety of services since the 1980s, and they recently received quite a large grant from um, the Oregon Health Authority for COVID-19 vaccination and testing clinics, uh, about $400,000. And uh, there was a movement of citizens in the last year to petition the city to stop St. Timothy's from feeding the homeless um, because, you know, if you feed the homeless, then there's a lot of homeless in your neighborhood, pretty much. And one St. Timothy's member was quoted as saying, 
We've been serving our community here for decades and picking up the slack where the need exists and where no one else is stepping in. We have no intention of stopping now and we're prepared to hold fast to our beliefs. We won't abandon the people of Brookings who need our help even when we're being threatened." End quote. The people of St. Timothy's could also have quoted the Beatitudes that we just heard in their list of scriptures that they presented to the courts. We are more used to hearing the Beatitudes from uh, Matthew's version as part of Luke's uh, famous Sermon on the Mount. Uh, today in Luke, uh, it's not the Sermon on the Mount, but the Sermon on a Plain, on a level place. And Jesus is sort of leveling with us here. Alert listeners may have realized that we're missing a few Beatitudes that are familiar to us. There's no uh, meek or merciful or pure in heart or peacemakers in Luke's version. And instead, uh, we get these four very intimidating uh, woes added. Luke has a strong concern for economic justice. The way that he tells Luke's story emphasizes what we might call God's preferential option for the poor. Where Matthew puts the emphasis on the life to come, Luke emphasizes that the kingdom of God is breaking into this world right now. And so we heard not blessed are the poor in spirit, but blessed are the poor. And not blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but blessed are you who are hungry now. Blessed are you who are hungry right now. This gospel is for you. Which brings us to these woes, these harsh words. We might ask, what's so bad about being rich or full or laughing or receiving praise? I think the point of Jesus' woes is this. The Jesus-following life always involves solidarity with the poor and with those who suffer. Even when we find ourselves rich, full, laughing, or spoken well of, the authentic Christian response is to still stand with those who are poor, hungry, grieving, or maligned. To follow Christ, who healed people, who fed them, who lived a life of radical simplicity, and counseled others to give away their possessions, who had compassion on the crowds. To follow this Christ means to always set aside some of our wealth for the poor, some of our fullness for the hungry, some of our laughter for the grieving, some of our privilege for those who are scorned. How much room do we make in our own fullness for others' need? That's the question. We need to devote serious energy and prayer to answering these questions in our own life and in our own circumstances. Fortunately for us, the church has built in an entire season for considering these kinds of questions called Lent, which is nearly upon us, uh, just a few weeks away. The solidarity with the poor that the Jesus following life requires is both personal and political. We're called into relationship with those who are marginalized as individuals, and we're also called to witness and to fight on their behalf. Often, this leads to what the late representative John Lewis, late representative and civil rights activist, 
called Good Trouble. St. Timothy's of Brookings, Oregon, or Oregon, Oregon has, uh, at least I didn't say Oregon, you know, that would be Oregon. St. Timothy's has gone and gotten itself into some good trouble. Their commitment to feeding the poor has led the city to try to legislate them from doing so. The simple act of feeding the hungry, stepping into the gap of governmental social services, which the church has done from its very beginning in the Roman Empire, is both a personal act and a political act. It's a sign of their solidarity with their food insecure neighbors. It's a sign that this congregation is striving to live a life shaped by the Beatitudes. I've made it this far into the sermon without saying mission, vision, and values, and I hope you're all impressed by that. Our MVV statement is a reflection of our own congregation's desire to engage in service that is both more personal and more political than some of our recent patterns of outreach. I want to clarify that by political, I don't mean aligning ourselves with a specific political party or with a platform. That's not what I mean. Political is taking the next step beyond charity, to ask questions of our elected leaders, to ask why more is not being done for those in need, why lack of equity is still widespread in Massachusetts in education, housing, employment, and on and on, and joining with those from a whole variety of backgrounds to advocate for change. We wish to be more involved in a hands-on, direct, and personal way with the groups to whom we contribute financially out of parish funds. And we wish to be more a part of advocacy and speaking up for our neighbors on a policy level. What would it look like for Outreach at Grace to be both more personal and more political? What would we need to do more of? And what would we need to change? Change often causes anxiety in congregational life, but we need to be honest about the fact that we can't keep our systems and our procedures exactly the same and expect different results from the results that we've been getting. From our Jeremiah Project conversations, from Energy in Grace discussion group, uh, especially this year, from many one-on-one conversations, I believe that we do have a shared goal across the congregation right now. And I believe that we at Grace wish to ultimately become just as troublesome to the status quo of pushing aside those in need as the people of St. Timothy's Brookings have been, and that we wish to become just as stubborn and persevering in reaching out to those who are vulnerable. I believe that we are united in our desire to be more of a public nuisance in the cause of good works and good advocacy for those in need and for those experiencing oppression. We do not yet agree about what changes need to be made for our congregation to become truly and wonderfully troublesome. But if we hang in there with each other, we will get there. If we hang in there with each other and we continue in conversation with a spirit of generosity, we will come to consensus on this 
as we have certainly come to consensus on many challenging issues in the past few years. May God give us the grace to make some good trouble in our own day. In God's name, amen.